0: up, guys? It's Saturday, July 24th, 2021, and welcome to a new edition of FritzCast. So this week, I have no guest. I have no guest this week. And that's fine, uh, because I've had two great guests the past uh, couple weeks. I had uh, uh, Jacob Turner, which is a candidate out of Missouri... And uh, I had Anthony Welty, who's on a grand tour of the United States in his Liberty Wagon. So I implore you, if you missed those episodes, go back and indulge yourself. If you're, if you're watching, watch those episodes. If you're a listener, you can go back and listen to those episodes. It's your preference, your choice. Nobody's going to say you have to do it one way or another. Uh, but I do have some great guests lined up. In the coming weeks, Angela McCardle is coming back on the show, running for Libertarian National Chair, which I think is going to spark a great conversation in comparison to our last conversation, which uh, was in like December of, of last year so much has changed, so many things have happened, including shenanigans within the National Libertarian Party, plus I had the opportunity to meet her in person, and, and, which was a great experience in and of itself, uh, but there, there's some other things to go off of with that as well, and then I have some potential interviews lined up, like I, I had this, uh, this Republican candidate reach out, uh, uh, who's running in the California recall election, whom whom I think you know, just be a good shot in the dark to bring on to the show and have a conversation with, uh, just because, uh, because you can never, you can never, uh, what what good am I if I am just a libertarian? Eco-chamber. What, what good am I if I am just, just another libertarian voice out there? You know how many libertarian podcasts there are? Literally, I, at one point, I think it was a prerequisite or a requirement to have a podcast of sorts uh, if you were a libertarian or claiming to be a libertarian. You could not be one if you did not podcast, have been on a podcast, or had a friend who podcasted. That's the way that it worked. I don't make the rules. That's just how it worked. But it's crazy. Crazy the amount of podcasts that there are. Not that it's necessarily a bad thing, but it is, like, I had to have a laugh because a lot of you on Twitter have been posting some hilarious memes about how libertarian podcasting is just one big circle jerk. And at times, at times, yes, yes, it does seem that way. In fact, I remember talking with Larry Sharp when I interviewed Larry Sharp, about, uh, he said. He said, and I quote: "Our our echo chamber is very, very bad. We talk to ourselves a lot, too much, in fact. And we need to broaden our horizons. I need to broaden my horizons. It it happens. You get stuck uh, in your own echo chamber of sorts. You keep hearing the same." arguing points over and over again, the same viewpoints, the same uh, expressions. I want to give a prime example. And I thought about playing these clips for the podcast, but I'm going to forego playing the clips. I implore you. I'm going to point you in the right direction to go watch these things on your own because I think it's important that, that you watch these things on your own. I can... I can bring up a bunch of interesting things that I find and show it to you, yes. I can. But I'm one man. (laughs) Just keep it in mind. I'm one man raising a a near two-year-old, trying to homestead uh, and raise chickens, among other things. Which, I mean, I love. I love my life now. I, I don't want there to be any... I don't want anybody to be out there thinking like, oh, this guy doesn't you know, this guy's doing too much with his life. It's not I'm not it's not that I'm doing too much with my life. Uh it is literally just it's hectic and it's chaotic sometimes. And there's a lot. There's a lot to do. Um and sometimes, you know, I could have pulled together clips for the podcast, but uh look, here's here's a video for you. Let's let's look at the chickies. You can't hear it, but look. Look, look at them. These guys are uh, a little over a month old now. One of them is a month and a week, for sure. One of them is a week older than the rest of them. But these are these are the chickies, and the chickies with their omelet coop behind them in this uh, nice in this nice little run that we ordered. Nice little run that we ordered off of Amazon. That is uh, in, encapsulated with, uh, encapsulated? Is that the word? I don't know if that's the word, but uh, it's wrapped around with chicken wire, and uh, it's got a uh, nice little tarp over the top of it, and, uh, and it's movable, and it's within an area of, uh, we got this fencing for Omelette, too. It's, uh, it's like construction fencing that you would see, the orange construction fencing, except this is black um and you it's easily movable as well so that you can section off and in our case we're like chickens are over here right now and we're going to move their little run inside this little fenced in area that we made um every every week to give them new area to to roam around uh and and then when they're bigger when they're bigger, they'll be outside of this run thing that we bought off of Amazon in the greater fenced-off area of the yard, free, more free to roam. But these guys are too young. Uh, there's turkey vultures and big flying predators and things around here that uh, you know they're just too young to to keep out. Right now, at least they're you know they're still getting the idea of being outside and free to roam. But that's one of the things that that we're doing right now. That my wife and I are doing. Really, really have to credit my wife for it because this is uh, a lot of this stuff is her passion. It's slowly becoming my passion. Um, but uh, she's the motivation behind this, and I think it's really cool. I said th- she has a passion for it. I think it's really cool. If if that makes sense. Uh, and I'm loving I'm loving each step of it, and I. And this is on my brain because I just had family over. My sister and her family from Arizona have been visiting over the past couple of weeks. This was her first time to come see the new place. You know, I've showed her pictures, showed her videos and all that. But, you know, it's it's that going and seeing experience that is the big difference. And uh, something came to my mind because at my last house... You know, it's not that we didn't want to have people come over, but we, you know, we would have people come over. We would invite people very, very rarely or occasionally. But we hated doing that. We hated doing that because we ultimately we hated the place that we lived in. Not because it sucked, not because it was a sucky place. Yes, I, I yes, if you know the stories Yes, I had a batshit insane neighbor. Who, if you don't think she's batshit insane, uh, she has bras, uh, bras taped or glued onto her garage door. And if you don't believe me on that, if you think, oh, this dude's making it up, I'm looking. I'm looking to see if I'm logged in my Facebook. Oh, look, I am. Look at that. So I, I'm just going to pull up this picture from my buddy used to live. Um, one of my coworkers used to live across the street from me. Um, so he still lives there, and he, he periodically updates me on Crazy Lady and what's going on. Look, this is her garage door. There's bras on her garage door. What? I, for What? what is going on there I do not know what this is about but it's what I used to deal with keyword used to deal with don't deal with it anymore (laughs) don't deal with it anymore but it's what I used to deal with and my god my god uh, but uh, it wasn't a bad house but when you have four dogs, three cats, you want to do things like homesteading and, and farming on a smaller scale. Uh, and you only had you only had three bedrooms and one bathroom, and it was a little dinky ranchery, you had no space, it was all enclosed. You hated it. Like inviting people over, inviting even two people over, which we would do a lot. We would we would invite our, our you know, my buddy Jason, RJ Sean, if you remember if you're a, a if you're an OG podcast listener, uh to my older days before we had YouTube and all that jazz and you know Jason Jay Sean used to come over all the time with his at the time wife. He has since been divorced and now he is engaged to uh, uh you know, his his new beau who I haven't I haven't given you a nickname, Ashley I'll have to give you a nickname I'll have to think of something think of some way to make it work uh, but uh but uh, but he used to come over you know a lot or we would have one friend because if you because we invited more than than a handful of people like two people at a time that there was nothing to do there was nowhere to there was nowhere to sit there was nowhere to put people you know the the yard which seemed large would become cramped up real quick as well. And that sucks. It sucks when you you can't do that. And and I just had no pride. Like we, we would come up with projects and ideas to try to spice the place up, make it better. But the limited space just was the biggest hindrance on the face of the planet. And it ended up, we ended up hating the place. And when you end up hating where you live, it's a drag on a lot of different aspects of your life. I think. Um, in this case, you know, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not all too happy with my work right now. Not this way, I mean my professional work, which we don't really talk about. And if you're not happy with what you're doing on on a professional level, I mean, there's things within that realm that you can't control. Obviously there's, there's, you know, I don't loathe my job. There's just things about it right now that, that are eating away at me. And have been for the last, you know, year or so. When your job is like that, and then you go home and your house is doing the same thing, like, you don't have any psych, psyche recovery there. You know what I mean? There's nothing, like, there's nothing that is truly balancing out your joy. When the only joy that you're taking is the fact that you, you know, that you're raising your daughter, and, and that, it's, and that is a distraction from the other things. That's that. That was the saving grace, but... Even then, we were, you know, even then we were raising our daughter and thinking like, oh, we don't want to be, you know, we're stuck here. Why are we stuck here? We're stuck here with our daughter. We can't provide the best life for her here because this isn't, you know, you you, you drum up stuff and it be, and it becomes, you know, so sucky. We've only been here for three months, and we've had multiple big gatherings here with friends and with family and every time like my, my sister Anne, when she came in today um and my wife told me this from from the larger party we had a couple of weeks ago which was you know family and friends just showing off the place um she, she's noted that you know i take a lot of pride in doing like you know everybody wants to say, oh take me around show me the house giving you know give the grand tour and she's like you take a lot of pride in in showing people the house and it's because like this is, is where I live now and I love where I live and some things that you know used to weigh down on me a couple months ago just don't anymore right now because this aspect of our lives which is really really cool aspect of our lives is so much better that the the scales have tipped and the scales have tipped in the favor for the better for my psyche <laughs> you know what i mean uh you know another example is is since moving here my tv time like i used to waste i, I don't even want to guesstimate how much time i would waste watching television putting something on television even if I wasn't paying attention to it just having it as noise in the background which lots of people I'm sure do I don't what I barely turn my television on and lots of times now when I'm turning the television on for a limited time during the days a lot of times it's something for for Emmy to have on and a lot of times it's only if i need her to you know okay i need you to stay confined to this area for a little bit while mama works on this and daddy works on this and gives you some gives my daughter some tried and true just emmy time play with her toys you know watch a little movie you know what have you i don't watch i don't watch television i don't i don't watch i don't watch the news hardly at all on the level on the level that I used to. And I think it's a good thing because now I'm now I'm walking around and I look at people as people instead of wondering, hmm, I wonder if that person, you know, I don't look at people in a political sense as much as I did when I watched news media all the time. Now, does that mean that I'm not informed on the issues? Yes, I still do an awful lot of reading. I still do consume a lot of news media because, you know, YouTube and the internet provide these things for free. I can tap into these things. Twitter provides news clips and, and commentaries left and right. I still get it. I probably get that stuff more because I can actually, like, focus on it when I need to focus on it. More than I ever have before. But I don't watch junk television anymore. And not saying that watching television is a bad thing. But if you do a lot of something, sometimes you need something to forcibly take you away from it before you realize how much of a negative toll it might have had on you. This was like me and video games before my daughter was born. Ever since my daughter was born, Fritz's video game log. Fritz's video game log. Let me date this. Back in high school, when I should have been doing high school work, right? When I should have been focused on my classes and things like that. I never did homework at home. Like, never in high school. I did homework during our required reading time during high school, because we, we, my school was weird. We had a required... Right after our lunch break, too, oddly enough, we had a required, like, 20-minute reading period in which the, the, we would report to the next class. But that teacher was not allowed to teach... Until like noon. So like 11.40, you go into the classroom and they're like, all right, everybody, it's reading time. <laughs> like, like, am I going to sit here and just read because you're telling me to? Or am I going to pull out my homework and do that? I'm going to pull out my homework and do that. And in fact, I get in the homeroom in school a half hour early before before school begins because the doors open a half hour early do you think I'm just going to sit there and socialize with the kids? Or am I going to do the homework that I neglected to do the night before? I'm going to do the homework during homeroom, including, the, including up through the pledge and all that crap in the school announcements because who cares about that. I'm going to do my homework. Why am I going to do my homework? Because you make me come to this institution eight hours a day And while you suck away eight hours of my life, you still want me to commit to do, like, two to three hours more of homework? That's why the American education system is screwed up, by the way. And all that was going on while my teachers were harping, harping constantly, talking about how we needed to focus on the Delaware state testing program. We need to get high DSTP scores so that funding for the school does not get cut. My educational experience, that was my educational experience in high school. Believe it or not. Believe it or not. So, I almost lost focus of what my point was. That's also why I struggled in high school. But, so... I would go home at the end of at the end of high school or at the end of, you know, the school day and I would play video games, okay? I I my mom would not buy me systems like a PlayStation 2 or whatever. I remember I had money in savings. It was like my mom's way of saying like, "Okay, well, you know, you do have your savings money if you really want it that bad." You you can buy your video game thing. You won't have it in your savings anymore. She taught me economics. I bought my PlayStation 2. I bought I bought SmackDown versus Raw 2006, which was the that was like you know the the premier wrestling game at the time. And uh, I bought Madden and all these other video games. God of War, which is you know it's not my favorite video game or anything, but uh, that's what I did. In high school, I would go to high. I would go to school during the day. I would come home. I would play video games pretty much exclusively for the rest of the evening, whether it was on my computer or on PlayStation or what what have you. I would exclusively waste my time on video games. And then, uh, you know, for the little bit that I had a job at towards the end of high school, it, the, the the game remained the same. Go go to school during the school day, come home, or go to work afterwards, come home around 8.30, 9 o'clock, game from 9 o'clock to like 1 o'clock in the morning, go to sleep, wake up at 5.30 a.m., 6 a.m., and do it all over again. That was my life exclusively for a while. And then... You know, 2009, I meet my wife, uh, we start dating and all that. We are playing video games together, uh, but the, the, the tune didn't change. There was a lot of time where Fritz didn't grow up. I just played video games, played video games, wasted my time on video games. And, you yeah, know, I mean, yes, there was, you know, podcasts and politics and... You know, other things that interest me, but a big bulk of it was, you know, I'm going to spend three and a half hours playing video games, you know? There was a time where I thought, like, there will never be a time in my life where I don't play video games. Video games are so trivial to me now. Like, let me, let me tell you, I'll play a video game, when I play a video game now, I'll play something like Rocket League on my Nintendo Switch because I can pick it up, play a couple rounds, put it away. doesn't matter. Or I'll play Animal Crossing because I can get in there, work on whatever I'm going to do, put it away. God of War. I still love God of War. can still play God of War. A little bit longer subsequently because of the content. But I can't do what I used to do. I can't get on there and log into Battlefield and play really long uh, 30, 45-minute session warfare rounds back to back to back, which is what I used to do. used to do that and just put on podcasts, put on audiobooks you know, put on something else in the background because, you know, I guess the video game wasn't enough for me. (laughs) I I don't know. I don't know. But nowadays, video games are very, very light because I want to spend time with my daughter. I want to spend time with my wife. I want to spend time together doing things, whether it's around the house, whether it's raising the chickens. Uh, Awesomely, I just bought uh, this this child seat that attaches to your bike. I just bought this thing for my mountain bike uh, because I want to go ride my bike. But a lot of times it seems like there's not time, you know, especially when you work midnight to eight uh, in the morning and then you sleep until about three o'clock in the afternoon or so. And then you get up and your wife's like, okay, well, I've had the kid all day. Can you give me a break? Can you give me something to do? Um, and I'm like, you know, I'm trying to figure out where can I squeeze in riding my bike? Well, find this little child seat that you can attach to the bike, tried it out the other day when it came, uh, fits on the bike perfectly. Put kiddo in the seat, took her around for a spin around the neighborhood for about 30 minutes in it. She loves it. She loves it. And there's two reasons for that. There was the, Hey, this way. I can go bike riding with her. It's something that we're bonding and doing. You know, she's two. She's she's almost two, but she loves seeing trees and animals and other things going around. She loves feeling the wind. You know, through through her hair and all that, which is great. I think that those are great things. And, uh, but on top of that, I did have uh, I did have a little bit of a selfish reason for doing it. Because if she loves it so much and she says, Daddy, let's go on bike, then I'll feel guilty. Like I'll feel guilty if I don't. So I'll put her on the bike. And then that means my ass is getting a workout as well. Because I'm, yeah, I'm doing it for my daughter, but I'm doing it to get my ass in shape. If that makes sense. But it's awesome. It's awesome. I'd rather i'd love to go out for an hour every day and just put her on that seat and go emmy where you want to go let's let's bike somewhere even if it's just around the neighborhood three times or if it's out and down these country back roads where cars are hardly driving back and forth like where you want to go let's go let's go see what we what we can see and just go for a ride Put on a put on a podcast or something on a Bluetooth speaker, or Disney songs for her. Whatever, whatever. She can listen to podcasts too. It's fine. It's fine. We listened to Glenn Beck today. She was good in the car, not not on the bike, but in the car. We had to go drive somewhere. But that's beside the point. TV viewing is down. Video gaming is down. Family time's up. Productivity is up and this would not have happened at the old house the old house would have just been okay let's what 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 distraction can we immerse ourselves in today so that we're not focused on the things that we hate about this place great change of attitude it's a great change of attitude this all started what about 15 minutes ago with me talking about echo chambers it's nice to break out of your echo chamber though and I'll tell you why. I think, I think the highlight case is probably Rand Paul versus Dr. Fauci. A- anytime these, these hearings happen, Rand Paul is going at Dr. Fauci. And you have two primary reactions to this every time it happens. You have the people who absolutely, positively hate Rand Paul. And they'll say snarky, stupid comments like, Now I get why his neighbor attacked him. Which is horrific, by the way. I think think it's a a horrific line of thinking. But you have these people who are like, Rand Paul's a dick, fuck him. That's what they say. And they're... I'm not going to call them Fauciites, but they're, they're, they will staunchly defense, f- defend Fauci in those instances. You then have the people who are absolutely 100% against Fauci who will say, wow, Fauci can't handle pressure at all, uh, becomes so defensive, X, Y, Z. You see what you want to see. This is what happens when you build up your echo chambers so rigidly, so sternly that when the video clip gets played I can't play you a video clip and say this is Rand Paul owning Dr. Fauci because maybe it's Rand Paul owning Dr. Fauci in my mind but if you hate Rand Paul it doesn't matter if Everything Rand Paul said in the video was 100% verifiable truth or not. If you don't like Rand Paul, you don't like Rand Paul, and you will see what you want to see. You will see what you want to see. You will hear what you want to hear based on your perceptions already. And that's why I want to read this little Twitter thread from Eric Weinstein. Because this was the latest in Fauci questioning, or or in Rand Paul questioning Fauci. So Eric Weinstein said, Reviewing this video and the reactions to it, I see two worlds, which I was just referring to. One in which the good Dr. Fauci with saintly patience has finally had it with a right-wing populist and borderline nutcase Senator Rand Paul. The other... Is the world in which Dr. Rand Paul confronts Naked Emperor Fauci? Excuse me. This is more Eric Weinstein now. Sorry, I had to pause. My read on this is different. Fauci is a system creature which entails responsibilities that may take him into biowarfare. I see him as saying, you're outside the system. This is some set of super complicated relationships I have to manage, and I act properly within that sphere. I hear Rand Paul saying, I don't bow down to the system you live within. I'm here to call it in the question Did NIH do something as psychotic as fund gain of function research in our strategic rivals, Wuhan Lab? I hear Fauci saying, This is part of a large strategy. You can't break it out. Then I hear Rand Paul saying, I'm a U.S. senator and medical doctor who doesn't believe in your system's grand strategy of funding gain-of-function through the CCP as part of 12-D-Chest. Answer the effing question, doctor. Fauci says, I don't have to take this shit. We evaded this issue technically. Paul insinuates, you may have a lot of blood on your hands. Doctor, as SARS-CoV-2 most likely came from the lab you and NIH funded. Then Fauci says, there are many things that would have to be true for that wild of an accusation to tie me and NIH to COVID-19, and you don't have them, fuck off. Essentially, Paul is outraged by the 12D chest official system and wants to break out one question. Fauci wants to protect that system which probably believes that it's safer to be in bed with the CCP than to shut out. Fauci is playing dumb on gain-of-function research, and Rand is insinuating too much. In the end, the system creatures are correct that we need grand strategies that are at times counterintuitive. The populace are correct that many grand strategies are batshit crazy. Hence the two incompatible worldviews. I expect this thread to be popular with with neither. Alas, I didn't read any of the thread beyond that. But the point goes to this. I've watched Fauci and Rand Paul go back and forth on this. And then I dug up a ton of clips of Fauci defending gain-of-function research. Uh, especially when they lifted it in 2017. It was under a ban for funding from the U.S. government for a while. I forget why. But uh, I, but that is a detail that doesn't really matter in this conversation. The detail that matters is that NIH and Fauci lifted, or the, the pause in funding was lifted in 2017. Fauci talks about it in the January 2018 and. I A I D conference in which he tries to defend and downplay gain of function as a buzzword that the media would run away with. Furthermore, there's clips back from 2014 of Fauci talking about gain of function research. In this case, Rand Paul is focused on gain of function Did the grant go to these people? Did the money get to these people? And was gain-of-function research being done? Fauci is dancing around it. I truly believe that. I truly believe that Fauci is, you know, trying to steer this away from gain-of-function. I don't think Rand Paul, well, Rand Paul did in his latest line of questioning, kind of jumped that gun and like, you know, ah ha, ha you're doing gain-of-function. Gain-of-function is bad. That means you're responsible for this pandemic because it's inevitably true. No. Yeah, and libertarians and people on the right who want to share Rand Paul on this exchange and be like, oh, Rand Paul is dragging Fauci. Pump the brakes. Just a little bit. Pump the brakes just a little bit. Because it's not all Rand Paul dragging Fauci. And it can't be all Rand Paul dragging Fauci. I think Eric Weinstein actually broke this down uh, pretty perfectly. In which you see the extremes of politics. That plays into another angle that, that's been coming into play lately. The Biden administration, the media, talking about how can we get more people to take the vaccine? You know, the vaccine's effective. The vaccine's definitely proven to be effective. How can we get more people to take it? the vaccine. And you had Jen Pazaski talking about how there could be community organizers uh knocking on people's doors to 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 talk about this stuff, which which in my mind was a scary thing to bring up. A scary thing to bring up that you're going to have people knocking on doors talking about something like my personal health choices. Which whether you like it or not, Talking about um, talking about taking a vaccine is my personal health choice. Now, when I say that, there is uh, there's there's some caveats. See, the, the people who. Are against vaccine passports, which which I am. I don't I don't think anybody should have to walk around with papers or, or a sticker on their IDs or or any other kind of sign signifying that you are verifiably vaccinated. I don't think that that should be a thing. And mind you, ever since like restrictions have lifted here in Delaware, there's no store like no, there's no storefront or business that I've walked into where they have looked for such things. You know, it's it's the honor system, uh, which is—it is what it is. At this point, this is where I'm at. I don't understand how people can talk about how the honor system's not good to run off of during these things because because at this point, you've either been vaccinated, been infected, and if you've been infected, then guess what? You have immunity against the virus much as you would if you were vaccinated, especially when they're saying that the vaccines aren't, like the primary focus of the vaccines aren't to prevent the infection at this point, but to lessen the effects of the virus. So vaccinated and prior infected people, that's a big group of people at this point now. Almost so big that I think talking about people who are unvaccinated and uninfected have little have little impact on things like, do we have to have a massive lockdown again? Or do we have to police the, the amount of people that can go into a business? Or do we have to have mask mandates? Because if we have lots of vaccinated or prior infected people and a smaller group that aren't vaccinated and maybe have not been infected but we're still worried about these two groups intermingling and variants and infection rates still going off of the rails and stuff then at this point then what works? Like nothing must work then Voluntarily wearing a mask. If you voluntarily wear a mask, but not everybody's wearing a mask, then what good is your mask? If you're vaccinated, but you might intermingle with people who have not been vaccinated, and you're worried about what good is your vaccine? This is just me stopping and trying to look at this thing logically. All right, not politically. Now, it's hard to not make anything political because this stuff was made political, whether you like it or not. It was made political under Trump as president. Biden, Harris, the media, they all questioned the vaccine prior to Biden and Harris's election and inauguration. See, prior to... And this isn't me making stuff up. The clips are out there. You can dig them up. You can listen to them. It almost was a complete 180. While Donald Trump... While under Donald Trump's administration... Let's not credit the presidency... Because it has very little to do with who the president is. But under Trump's presidency steps were taking steps were taken which fast tracked these vaccines to the, to a, a, a magnificent unbelievable degree that they were made manufactured in some cases baseline tested and then flooded to the masses warp speed While that was nearing completion, you had Biden, Kamala Harris, you had them all standing up saying like, I'm not sure I would take a vaccine under Trump. That's that Biden specifically said if, it, if the process was opened up, if the process was transparent and opened up to more experts. Kamala Harris was quoted saying, "If Trump tells me to take it, I ain't taking it." But now all of a sudden, it's, why aren't you taking this vaccine? Why aren't you taking this vaccine? Why aren't you taking this vaccine? The same vaccines, by the way, which were developed under Trump, is the same as calling it the Trump vaccine. Not really. It's not the... the that In that sense of politics, no. Trump did not make a vaccine. Okay. All right. But you get the picture. And mind you, while that was going on, do you think that extreme play gets anybody motivated? Like, if you're sitting on the fence about getting the vaccine, you're like, eh, I don't really, you know... Maybe I'm a younger person who is relatively healthy, and my maybe my doctor doesn't even recommend I get a flu shot, uh, because it doesn't really matter. Um, if I'm that kind of a person, and I'm on the fence about getting the vaccine... But then here comes the guys that were saying that they wouldn't take it under Trump going, why aren't you taking this vaccine? You need to take this vaccine. If you don't take this, if you don't take this vaccine, we're going to go back to lockdowns and mass mandates and all this stuff. You know, how do you think I'm going to feel as somebody on the fence there? You think I'm going to go, oh, you know what? I'm totally going to rethink my position. Or do you think I'm going to double down and go, okay, well, originally I was on the fence about it, but now it's definitely a fuck no. What do you think? What do you think's gonna happen? Because that's exactly what's happening. And I forget the do- I forget who gets on this. Uh, I forget who constantly talks about the vaccines right now on CNN. Dr. Liana Wen. Oh my goodness. Bring this up, Dr. Liana Wen. She constantly goes on the news. Constantly. And she's constantly talking about this stuff. Like this, this tweet right here. Stay unvaccinated if you want, but if you wish to be around others you could infect, you need to show proof of vaccination or test negative. So she's the type that's talking about vaccine passports and saying that it's an absolute must, in fact to encourage more people to get vaccines, and if this isn't going to happen, that we need to go into extreme mandates, mask mandates, lockdown mandates, all that stuff. If anybody is doing more damage to potentially getting people vaccines, it's this lady. It is this Leanna Wen medical doctor. If there's anybody doing damage... It's every time she goes on CNN and talks about this subject. Because that's what happens. She gets up there and says, it either has to be this or it has to be that. And if it's not going to be this, then we need to do that. That does not go over well with the public. It just doesn't. It just doesn't. But that's just, it's just an inkling of what's going on right now. Just, 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 just an inkling. But that being said, because I've been rambling for 45 minutes, which I'm very, very good at rambling. (laughs) I'm going to give my voice a break. I'm going to give you guys a break. Because I danced through a dozen different subjects. And I'm going tubing tomorrow anyway, so I need to get this episode processed, get washed up, get some sleepy sleep in, and then go have a fun day tomorrow out on the river. So I'll leave it at this. Guys, thanks for listening this week. (laughs) For real. Thanks for listening. If you're not subscribed to FritzCast, why aren't you subscribed to FritzCast? I don't understand. Why don't you love me? I don't get it. Subscribe. If you're watching right now on YouTube, there's a button down there with subscribe. There's a little bell next to it, too, so you can get notifications when the new episodes go up. It's a very handy feature. Very great thing to have. All right. If you're listening on Apple, on Spotify, Google, whatever podcast platform you're on, I guarantee you there's a show page and I guarantee you there's a subscribe button. If you subscribe to it, you'll get all the episodes when they come out. It's amazing. It's awesome. It's great. How how does this devil technology work? I don't understand. You can do that. And then you can also, what's really what's really, really helpful for this show is leaving a review. Okay? It doesn't have to be five star. Okay, I'll bargain with you here. You could say, you could say, you know what, Freds, you're a four star kind of guy. All right. You're just one star off the mark. You can do that. You can do that. But you can leave reviews. Leaving reviews is great especially if you're leaving worded reviews, not just clicking stars and leaving it at that. Um, That's a great thing. And the greatest thing that you can do, the biggest help that you can do, is sharing this stuff. Sharing this episode on your social media, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, uh, MeWe, the the stupid Donald Trump getter platform. If you're on that, I don't know who's on that. I don't know who would waste their time on random stupid third party um uh networks that get upstarted just off of some moronic bullshit that's the only way i can put it i'm tired give me a break but you could share it on there too go ahead <laughs> go ahead make my day uh and uh you can also you can follow me on Twitter, at FritzQS, Facebook.com slash fritzcast, uh, The YouTube page, if you type in FritzCast, you will find The FritzCast Podcast. Click it, subscribe to it, like it, love it. And you can reach me at FritzCastPodcast at gmail.com. Remember, I love you guys. Do some good this week. Break out of your echo chamber. And I'll see you next week.